Bookworms Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. Okay, this week we're going to talk about rule number two, finish what you start. This is the rules of Robert Heinlein. Yes. But before that, how are things over in the Haunted Library? Everything's great. We're about to, for the month of February, embark on the Gothic Hearts Reading Challenge, which I do. This will be the second year I host this with some of my booktube friends. So that's coming up. We're doing nothing but Gothic romance for February to, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day. Of course, we have our zine coming out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, the theme is dark love. Yeah. And I just got the artwork from you. Yeah, and I put I started putting everything together, and it's looking great. I'm really excited for this issue. Me too. I also put out a newsletter yesterday. So I do that every week. So if you want to go into the I show notes, you can check out the newsletter. And I started writing on Medium as well. Oh, good. Oh, okay, you have to send that to me. Yeah. I'll, I'll check the show notes. <laughs> I'll, well, yeah, I'll check. I haven't... I, it hasn't been in past show notes because I just started this week, but wrote a few articles basically because of last week's. And if you haven't listened to the first rule, which is you must write, go listen to that. This will run into rule number two, finish what you start. I was like, well, if I must write, how can I commit to writing? Like in doing things every day or not every day, but you know, consistently. So I thought that was one way to just write about writing on medium and okay. that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I was thinking a lot from our last episode, too. I've, I've been a little more consistent with my writing because I, I kept that rule in mind. Like, you know, I'm not going to get this book finished unless I write it. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot about strategies to finish. And I know mm-hmm. you are a great person to talk to about this because you have finished a lot of books. Yes, but <laughs> this episode will reveal... <laughs> just how scary my unfinished folder is. Yeah. Before we get into that, you have your YouTube channel. That'll be in the show notes. So it's Regina's Haunted Library. I have one on, I haven't been doing much on YouTube, but there is one. Instagram, we have Bookworms Horror Zine. You can go follow us on Instagram. Carney is available on Amazon. So yes, and it's, it's free t- this weekend. What? Yeah, it's on, it's, it's on sale. Free? You can pick it up. Free, as in free, yeah, for two, for this weekend. Oh, my God. All right. Well, if you're yeah. listening, go get for, uh, Carney for free this yeah, weekend. No I know. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're you putting all the big sales up. and. Well, I'm trying to get my readership. I, I like to get more people reading this book and spreading the word. So sometimes doing a free promo helps. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Okay. Well, you know what you can do. Go to the links in the show notes and go get Carney for free. If you like this podcast, leave a five-star review and that'll help us spread the word of this podcast. Yes. And I've actually been hearing some good feedback from this, this new uh, series about the rules. Oh, good. Yeah. I like this series making it's, it's putting it front and center for myself to look at these rules and apply them to my life. As you brought up, Many of us have these false starts when it comes to writing, and there's like drawers full of unfinished manuscripts. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your drawer. My confessions? Yeah. Well, I have a whole folder that has been on my, you know, not like an, it's a, what do you call it, a virtual, not a digital folder, I guess, uh, of, Unfinished short stories, unfinished outlines of novels, and a lot of book covers that I bought. Because I love to buy the book cover first and kind of put it up there, and it inspires me. Mm-hmm. So I'll do like a, I've had custom made covers, but like I'm pre made book covers. I, I became somewhat addicted to them. So each pre made book cover has its own folder of just a few notes or even a just brief outline or even some, you know, a few thousand words written of toward that project that it remains unfinished. This year I've been trying to start some, you know, start some, some of the things that I've yet to start. So I have a Wattpad story that uh, like a young adult, kind of steamy romance when I decided to write under a different pen name. I guess I bought those. There were two covers that I bought last year, pre-made covers that I thought, oh, I'm going to write this because uh, I'm going to try to make more money with my writing. And then I guess I suffered a bit of a lack of inspiration, but I've been working on one of those stories for Wattpad, and which I was off for a while, but now I'm back on that platform. It's actually a good place for me to experiment with other genres so yeah, you, you have you have a like a strange relationship with Wattpad. I know, <laughs> and off and on. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like going back to an abusive relationship or something. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> no, I'm using it. I I went off it because I I got a little frustrated, but I I use it as a way to explore different genres. Like I have my fantasy series up there because I just don't feel that confident about myself as a fantasy writer that I, to publish it under my name mm-hmm. that I, or, or romance, like traditional romance. So, and, I, and, some, and some shorter work. So I do have that, but there's a lot of stuff that, that I have not finished. So this, this rule is hard. Yeah. As all the rules will be, this one is definitely uh, something I struggle with in every area of my life, not just writing. And you brought up two things that I want to talk about that are strategies. One is being very specific with your vision. So having a vision of a completed project, and that's a really great strategy is to have that book cover because you're visualizing what your finished product will look like and you're working toward that vision. So that is a strategy. If you, if you can think of other ways of creating a vision of what your success of finishing something looks like, put that where you can see it. Yes. I, I think that's a good idea. The, 
whether it's a mood board or a book cover. I mean, a lot of people would buy the book cover, have the book cover designed after mm -hmm. it's finished. But if you know exactly like what you're going for, like I'm doing a, a, a gothic romance with a hot guy, you know, werewolf on the cover or something, I, I can kind of know what that's going to look like. Yeah, the other thing you brought up that I just read something about from this guy, his Scott H. Young, I don't know who he is, but he has this thing, it's a technique where you view either what you're working on as an experiment or a commitment. Hmm. And the reason why is experiments are okay to quit, according to Scott Young. I'll put what he quotes here. The goal of the experiment is not to be afraid to try something out, so you want to lower the barriers to getting started. And if something that you're not feeling, then fine, you can quit that, right? And I think this is a good idea, which you brought up with Wattpad. You're going in there, and that feels like your place to experiment. Yes, but I still need to finish. In fact, what I started, some you'll get you'll get readers who'll be like, "When are you going to finish this?" <laughs> good because they want to know what happens yes like, oh, yeah that's no, good go yeah god that. if you have crickets then nobody's what reading it all right you don't have to do it on wattpad but i'm saying in general think of a project as an experiment and therefore you know you won't feel like you're quitting because you're just experimenting just put your feet in the water to test it you know um, that is against highland's rule isn't it but to it is to finish what you start <laughs> Like but, is that are we are we being too easy on ourselves when we like I get I get the, the idea behind it it takes the pressure off but do we need to be a little more self disciplined and put the pressure on and say no I started this weird like I started this really bizarre a science fiction story and I actually have a few thousand words into it but I looking back I'm like what the hell was I thinking. It's called Unnatural Porn Killers. <laughs> and it's about these like robots, like female robots in, on like the Mars space station who revolt against the, the abuse <laughs> that they've suffered and like start killing all the men by hacking off their penises. Mm -hmm. this, this, is what, this is what I was writing about. Now, I'm not really sure what prompted me to start this, but I'm like, I've got to finish this. Even if it's like a, a novella. You got to finish it because I want to read it. I know. We'll see. Well, and that's a great story, and it's probably going to happen because we're going to have AI is very smart at this point. Robots mm -hmm. are getting to the place where they will be uh, very human looking, and they just combine the two, and now you have sex robots that will revolt. Eventually, yes. Yeah. So that that was something, and I I will finish that story because I and I, I it's kind of a um, kind of. I don't know I was inspired by Blade Runner. I have like a female detective who has to go to leave Earth, which is a mess to Mars, and and do her detective work about who's killing. Like we don't when we know. I just told her who the killers are, but, <laughs> but you know, there's like a, a Elon Musk character who hires her and he gets into all this stuff, and then he tells her how well you know women are obsolete now. They they really aren't needed because they're physically weaker than men, and we have. Uh, we have wombs, like uh, um, computerized fake wombs that have babies, and we don't, you know, you, you know, you're obsolete, you're un you're unnecessary. So it kind of challenges that stuff, but it's done in like a campy way, as all my stuff is. And 
Yeah. I just have to finish it, but, but I'm also starting all these other different things, so it's hard to get back to it. I don't think we should look at Robert Heinlein's rules, though, as gospel. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that what you're right, it is against his rules if we look at it at face value. But what I'm saying is, before you start your project, is it an experiment or is it a commitment? Because we didn't talk about commitments yet. If you're committing to it, you have no option but to finish that. You know, like, so this is kind of like... No, I understand what you're saying. You brought it up last week. I think it was last week about going and seeing the sketches at Mm -hmm. the art museum that people are using to kind of get a feel for what the final art would look like. Yeah. A lot of that stuff's not finished. It's just an experiment with the medium or something. Right. It's a loose sketch. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Think of them as loose sketches that, that you're working on to either just maybe improve your writing, you know, and we talked about this practice. Like if you're practicing, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like completed. Uh, But I think what Heinlein is saying is that you have to complete it, whatever that means. It could be that a novel becomes a novella or a short story, or it, it doesn't maybe end exactly where, or, or maybe it's part of a series. So I, you know, ended book one and I just haven't continued book two. Right. Like in my, I have a fantasy, two fantasy books on Wattpad. Well, one is on there and then I'm going to add the second one, which is almost completely written, written. I sound very Philly, written. (laughs) Completely written, except that I never finished it. I just never got to the the end and I've got to do that. So I think his rules to me are more of a challenge to, to finish all of these projects that I have going. I was talking to my friend, Greg McBarvey last night. We went out, he went out to dinner with me and Joe and he's a musician. And he said he has like, I don't know, 20 albums worth of songs that he's yet to record and, and finish. So I do think there is, I think most artists have unfinished projects going all the time. It's just part of it. But I guess the, the, the rule is try to challenge yourself to finish at least some of them. Yeah. And, and I, not always let yourself off the hook. Yeah. I wrote in my newsletter last week about the shiny object syndrome. And that is my yeah. issue is that I don't finish because something else shows up and it's like, wow, that feels more fun. And this is definitely with stories. Like you said, you're writing a story and then you get this crazy idea and you're like, oh my God, this story is so much more enticing than the one you're in. Because but you're, do you think? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's all right. Say what you're going to no, say. Do you, do you think that I haven't read your what you wrote about that yet? But do you think that that's sort of a trick we play with ourselves? Like instead, oh, you could apply this to relationships. Not that you know, I was just going to <laughs> apply this to relationships. Like right, if you you're in a relationship with somebody for a long time and it's a commitment it becomes hard work at certain times and it would be like, ah, oh. you know, it's like that meme where the guy's walking down the street with the girl. And yeah. And he's turning and, girl looking. Walking, and he's turning around. There's that shiny object syndrome. Like, Oh, well it's, I, I'm uncomfortable because this is hard and it's making me confront some things in my own behavior and myself that I, I'm, that I don't want to look at. I'll just jump ship and go with this person because that's all going to be great. And then it's the same thing. Yes. 
Yeah, so it is like love because love biologically and evolutionary, it is such a powerful thing in the beginning because the species wants to survive. And so the honeymoon is what they always say, like, you know, the honeymoon's over. Uh But that honeymoon period happens, I think, in art where it's like you get this idea for a story, but then it turns into work. Exactly. And that is where I think so many people can't finish because another thing seems like a better option. And then you're like, well, the reason why I can't finish this story is because it's not good, but this one is good. So I'm going to go over to that one. But that the grass is always greener. So you don't know if that second story is going to be any good. No, it's probably going to end up the same way. It's going to say you're going to get into the same spot and then you're going to jump ship. I mean, that is a very human thing, but I think what Heinlein's saying is, and why his rules are hard, is that you must, it is gospel, it is It is a commandment, you must finish what you started. Like, okay. I must finish my, my unnatural porn killer story, I just have to, and I will. Okay, this is something I read also, you got to be aware of your patterns of starting and stopping. So reflect on past activities and think if you saw them through or quit. So like if this is a pattern, which it is for me, if it's a pattern, why? And then Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if you have the same pattern, you're looking at, man, if I would have kept going with that, where would it be today? That's true. That's really true. And, and, and sometimes getting back to Wattpad, that's something that's happened when I've started things it is kind of experimentation, but a lot of what spurs me to finish are the readers who are like, when are you going to finish this? I want, where's the next part? I, you know, this could be a series and that they get me excited about finishing it because I have an audience and mm-hmm. go around them. And now I, I, I feel motivated, but it's, it, it, it really gets down to motivation and in some ways self-flagellation because yeah. even if you get into a story and like you were saying, it might just be a sketch or something. And it's like, wow, this kind of sucks. Do I really have to finish it? This is like hard. But if, if you think about it, the lesson of sitting there and finishing something that maybe didn't seem so good, you may find yourself getting re-motivated as you, you're picking it up again. I'm like, oh, my God, this, this was a great idea. Why did I abandon this? There was something that made you want to do that story. Like try to get back to that. It's like... It's like falling in love with your spouse all over again after you know all these years. What you're bringing up is you have to be passionate about the story. It is hard to finish. It's hard to finish something. A lot of us have a, a, tons of unfinished projects going on around the house. I'm currently redecorating my bathroom. That's taken forever. But having a strong vision, like you were saying before, I think can motivate you to, to cross the finish line. If you think if you, I've never run a marathon, have you? you you ever done that? Marathon? No, I've run a 5K, <laughs> but not a marathon. Well, 5K, that's pretty, that's pretty good. But I'm sure that right when you're that last mile or whatever is really hard, but you don't want to give up. So I think challenging yourself, being t- I think that does require, just like an athlete, a, a, someone who is in, at the top of their game, it takes a tremendous amount of commitment mm-hmm. and tunnel vision. But I also think if you're doing this, you need to have a plan. And Mm -hmm. I think we 
I haven't really, I don't know if we talked a lot about outlining. I think we did in the very beginning of this podcast. Yes, but, we, we did one on that. And I, I'm not saying you have to outline like in any specific way, but I think you need to have a plan. And that's not just a plan, like an outline for your story, but a plan on when you're going to work on it. Mm-hmm. And then commit to that plan. I think if you look at it as small things, like I'm going to commit to working each day and making sure I at least get 500 words on paper. And if you look at it like small things that you're finishing, so I'm going to finish what I started today and finish those that word count just today. And yes. then tomorrow you do yes. it. You don't think about the whole book. You're thinking about those individual small baby steps, but completing those baby steps. Yes. And as you can tell just from our conversation, it's a huge mental game that you play yeah. with yourself, you know, to try to try to get these things done. But I think also visualizing how good it's going to feel to to complete something, whether it's a short story, a novella, a novel, or a series, that that's a really great feeling. And then it's like, oh, okay. Like when I finally, it took me a long time to finish my last book, Carney. And when I, because I had started it and then stopped. And that, you know, again, it, because some I got attracted to some other shiny object. But once I finished it, I felt really good and I could clear the deck and make room for the next, you know, 10 projects that I still have to finish. Yeah. But, it does feel good to complete something. And celebrate the small wins. Uh, like, mm-hmm. obviously, finishing a whole book is a big win, and that's amazing. But also, along the way, if you've done something, you finished a chapter, celebrate that. Treat yourself to something. Treat yourself. Right. Even finishing um, a microfiction, you know, flash fiction, like I'm going to write, which is something I don't do a lot. It's just... I'm going to write just a thousand word short story. Go just whatever I come up with. It could be kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. Another thing you can do, and I know you do this, Regina. And I thought about it last week. I was like, well, why do you do it? I think I asked you this. And then it makes sense when it comes to the second rule is track your progress. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And you have spreadsheets of your progress and how many words you've been doing and things like that. Um, I think that's good because I'm sure you get satisfaction when you go and look at those charts and see yes, how. Yes, I do, and I'm 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 closing in on 500,000 words from when I started. I'm sure you know I've, I've written many more since I did that, but I will celebrate when I hit 500,000, and of course when I hit one million. I don't know how I'll celebrate, but I'll do something. Yeah, so if you're making a plan to finish and you've written down, here's my schedule to make this thing happen, celebrate what's happening along the way and track that. I think those are all good ways of helping you finish something, but you also have to hold yourself accountable. I have a a little bit of a tip for finishing something. Uh, Write for a call for submission like you did recently. Yeah. Because that forces you to have a deadline, and it motivates you. Even, even if your story is not accepted, then now you have a completed short story that you can be that can be part of a collection. You can resubmit it to other things, so you can make it a, a, a collection. Like my short story collection was filled of my rejected stories, but I, you know, they they became my babies, and it, it was really a fun collection to put together. Yeah, I took that short story and sent it out to something called Story Unlikely. Um, okay. And we'll see what they say. But 
I had it, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep submitting it. And uh, hey, it's it, a really good story. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. But yeah, I'm going to uh, just keep submitting it and see what happens. Like that's going to come up in a future rule of Heinlein's. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. And we'll talk yeah. about that that week. Another thing is, I guess you got to get rid of these obstacles that you have. And again, mental obstacles, physical obstacles. A lot of people say they don't have the time. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't buy that at all. At no, all. I don't either. Because we waste so much time scrolling on our phones. Yep. I, I, if anything, I think today in this day and age, I've never met anybody who could tell me that and I would believe them. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> you liar. I, liar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people in this day and age, besides scrolling, they binge. Like, binging wasn't a thing, man. When we were younger, you watched a show when it came out. Right. And, you know, and then you were done with that show until next week. Now it's like I can sit and watch a whole season in one sitting. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are proud of that. Oh, I sat and I binged Stranger Things. I also think there is a, now I I may sound like an old bitty saying, well, in my generation. But I'll just risk sounding like that. I do think there is this idea that we have to be constantly entertained at all times. Like there was once a time, and I'm sure you remember this, when you would sit in a doctor's office with those highlight, highlight or highlight magazines. It's highlight, yeah. Highlight. And that's it. It's absolutely essential to be bored. Mm -hmm. And we are so against it in this day and age where you get into an elevator, everybody pulls out their phone and everybody's looking at the screen. They can't handle, like you just brought up, having any moment of inactivity or boredom. And that's but bad. Yeah, it is bad. And sometimes it's it's okay to stare out of the window of a bus. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't, you don't have to be on Twitter. And it's and it's bad for your neck too, to be doing that. And I don't know, it's just something I remind myself, like it's, I, I used to be okay with not pulling out this stupid phone. And I think that's part of why this rule is so difficult is because we're culturally adverse to discomfort. Well, I I think we expect everything to be like, as soon as we experience any kind of discomfort or anxiety, we feel like we need to fix it with something instead of just kind of sitting in it. And, and maybe there was always that urge with like Heinlein and his pals, they probably were chain smoking heavy drinking kind of guys as they tapped on their, on their typewriters far into the night. And I'm just coming up with that. I don't know if it's true or not, but there's something about just sitting with the discomfort of an unfinished project and saying to yourself, okay, instead of looking at my phone for the next half hour, why don't I open up this file and dust it off and read what I wrote. And I might actually pleasantly, be pleasantly surprised what I wrote. I probably don't remember any of it. And I'm just going to set my timer. And for the next one hour or 30 minutes or whatever, I'm going to continue writing this story and just see how I feel at the end of it. This is an experiment. And sit in that discomfort and, and like allow yourself to consider that maybe it's worth going back in and finishing it. Yeah. Now I will say that, 
this in this time of history is probably the hardest time ever to finish what you start because I don't want to really say it's people. We are being programmed by the big tech industry uh, to do what we're doing when it comes to these devices. This is no mistake. Like they have programmed their devices to be distractions because when you're sitting there and your phone dings, you don't know if that's a text. You don't know if that's a, you know, you got an email or somebody's, you know, declaration of love. Yeah. And so every time that happens, <laughs> you're we, distracted. We want to give you a publishing contract. Call us immediately. Yeah. Um, we'll do that on another episode about distractions, but that's why I think it's very hard to finish what you start because you, you can't, that's what it was. I did an article on medium. It says, wake up in 1984 and write. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to go back. Like when you wake up and you want to finish something back in 1984 or 74, if you want to stay with the seventies, you wouldn't wake up and then scroll through your phone. You wouldn't wake right. up and check your email. You wouldn't wake up and, you know, binge a TV show. Well, that's why I'm like amazed and thrilled that so many people still read. I mean, maybe they're reading on their Kindle or whatever, but, or, or audiobooks or whatever. But because when I was a kid, we only had three channels on our TV. Right. And then. We had this old black and white TV in the attic, and we could get the uh, UHF. Is that the? Yeah, UHF was. UHF would show like the monster movies, but yeah. one, but we'd have to take turns holding the antenna, <laughs> <laughs> which I I put in Gemini Rising because it's true. Like we would take take turns because that was the only way it would the reception would work. Yeah, and we had to work for that. Yeah, there were, it was less distracting back then to uh like you had to work to get your show to watch you know and then that also wasn't what it might have been a time of day that there's no show on you wanted to watch so you had no choice but to read a book or to sketch or to play some kind of game or go outdoors or whatever so there is a book that i love it's one of those books that i just read and i was like wow this is great it's called revenge of analog and he talks about why books six like are still here when we thought the iPad or the Kindle or the Nook was going to destroy the book industry, it didn't. And it really has a lot to do with, and same with why vinyl records came back, is there is a ritual, there is a feeling, there's tactile things when it comes to books and records and things. Absolutely. And smell. Yeah. The way a book smells, that there's a whole art to it. Yeah. And so that's why I think this stuff is still around. Uh, but we're going off again. So let's get back to finishing what you start. <laughs> let's, we have to finish our podcast. Yes. I like this. I read it's like have a plan B because here's the thing that ends up. And you're, you're right. Your mind just can walk. Your mind will talk you out of everything. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're like, okay, I listen to writing fiction podcast. I like what James and Regina had to say. So I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to write. And then there's a power outage. And you're like, oh, I was so I was gonna plan to write, but my computer won't turn on now. <laughs> oh man, I had all well, the intention. You know, it's the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Right. That you need to say, well, look, if I have a specific way of writing and that doesn't pan out, 
Life's going to throw you a curveball and make sure you have a backup plan. Like if you have to get up in the morning and then you're about to write and you have to have an emergency and you got to go somewhere, bring paper and pen with you. Commit to having a backup plan if things don't go the way you planned. Yes, and I think it really gets down to do you enjoy writing or not? And if you don't, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, I hate to sound like that, but... I think that's a dangerous thought, though, because... You know that you've probably sat at the typewriter and felt like I'm not enjoying this. Like, at what point do you say, like, because there are going to be days where you're not enjoying doing it, I think. That's true. But, you know, it's like when you go jogging, you don't, it's painful while you're doing it. But when you stop, you're like, yes, I did it. Oh, you well, know? yeah, that's-, if you, that's an obvious sign. If you finished writing for the day and you're like, that sucked, I hate doing this. That's not good because I always, you're right. I, if I sit down maybe write for even a half hour, I feel so accomplished at, for the rest of the day. Well, that's what I mean. Like in the duration, maybe it's a little bit painful. And I, I don't know, we have to define how that is. That, and it's more like discomfort because you, it's highly draining on your, your intellect in a lot of ways. And I think that can be challenging. It's hard to say exactly why, but... Yeah, when you finish and I can put on my uh, spreadsheet that I wrote 2,000 words, that's a really good writing day and I feel really good. And then I can go on with my day and and not be like having this hanging over my head. It's like committing to an exercise routine, which I can really be bad about too. But uh, it feels good. But I'm saying if you if it's torture and you just hate everything about it, then you should do something else. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing I think we should talk about is you should be comfortable with writing cringe, with writing stuff that doesn't, that that isn't good. Yeah. I think, you know, because that is another reason you don't finish. It's probably a big reason. You're writing and you're writing and you feel like, God. This is crap. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just like, I'm done. And, And you will write stuff that. I was, I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think about some of the f- first songs I wrote and they are so bad and <laughs> like lyrically bad, musically bad. And I remember being so proud of having all these songs and I actually like was in a band and we would go in front of people and play these songs. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't have that back then. Like I, di- I didn't, maybe I didn't know yeah, but that's nice when you don't know. Yeah, that, because that, otherwise I would have stopped. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, well, it's like the in the tarot, the fool card. That, mm-hmm. that, that, like he's about to step off a, a cliff, but he doesn't know. But that's a, actually can be a positive thing because it's like you're you're ignorant, but you're you're, you're fearless. Well, I'm sure as a, as a musician, you experienced a lot of music fans who would just be grumbling about it. Oh, that sucks and everything sucks. If I was in a band, it's like, well, what's, what's stopping you? You know? Yeah. So it's easy to sit on the sidelines and, and critique. It's a whole other, and I don't have a lot of respect for people to do that, but it's another thing for, to get into the arena and actually try and I have, and show heart. Those are the people I respect and the rest, they don't, you know, they don't do anything. So just ignore them. And I'm, I'm talking like sometimes that voice of these people, these, these people I'm talking about, it becomes your own inner voice. And that's really bad. 
I mean, that we, I think we talked about the inner critic before, but that's where Highland's rules, uh, you must finish. It's like, you must, uh, you must finish, like just shut everything else out and finish it. And even if it's crap, at least it's done, put it away, move on to the next one. I agree. And I think what I really enjoy for with so far with these two rules that we've went over is they are, I think Andrew said it on Facebook. This one sounds mean. I thought that was hilarious. Yes, I know. Andrew's <laughs> funny. Yeah. I, I, I was laughing when I'm been listening and it's been inspiring. So if Andrew, if you're listening, thanks for, for hanging out with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. But I thought that was funny because I'm like, well, they are very concise. It's, there is no, you must finish with your start. You must finish what you start as long as it's feeling good. Right. It's not that. It's not like you must finish what you start uh, if you get praise, you know. But right. There's no conditions. There's no conditions. You must write. Period. You must finish what you're writing. Period. Exactly. It's so simple and hard at the same time. But that's why he said he didn't mind sharing them with his yeah the, uh, competitors because most people can't do it. They can't, and it's I get it. I mean, and like I brought up in the beginning, I have this in a lot of areas of my life, not just this. Like I have, you brought up Greg and recording. Like I have songs that I've are almost done on the recording end of it, but I haven't finished it. And that's a lot of times what happens is that I feel like I come up against something that feels insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And I might not feel like I have what it takes to get past that. And so that stops me in my tracks. And then I go somewhere else because, like, I don't want to deal with that. And that's the one thing you need to deal with in order to get better at your craft, whatever that is. Yes. And speaking of you, your songs, my sister and I were just having, my younger sister, we were talking. I don't know how this came up, but we were talking and laughing, (laughs) wickedly laughing about when Brett Michaels uh, got smashed on the head <laughs> sounds so awful uh, at the tony awards or yep something i remember that and then you wrote a really hilarious song about it <laughs> do you remember that that was on that the podcast like 20 years ago by the way i was thinking I about know. that we've known each other probably like 20 years at this point it's or almost that's crazy, that's crazy. Oh but yeah God. i did i don't remember this song but i remember pretending to be brett michaels and i yeah we did this fake interview with him and did a song <laughs> Oh, you've got to find that in the archives and send it to me. I will, I I will. I was dying laughing. (laughs) I forgot all about that. (laughs) See, but your art lives on. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, if I can make sisters laugh at something, then I think I can die happy. 20 years after the fact. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, here's a good one. You're going to start something. You know you're going to have to finish it. Make sure you know what you're getting into. Oh, that's good. That's like... That's true. You could apply that to a lot of things in life. Yeah. Because I wish you're getting into. You know now, when you start a novel, what you're getting into. You've done it enough times. But when you did, let's say Unmasked, but Unmasked was sort of written as a screenplay first. But yes, in, in the beginning, did you feel like when you started, like, oh, what did I get myself into? No, because I think I mentioned it before. That was like, I finished that in like a a frenzy. I wrote that thing in a frenzy. And honestly, that there's something very euphoric about that, that 
stage. And it's really, I think that's also a beginner's thing. You know, it's like, I'm just going to keep writing. Yeah, you know, that's along the lines of what I was saying about my early songs. Mm -hmm. I would just sit and write them and had that euphoria of just being able like to be like, I can do this. Right. Maybe we need to get back to the euphoria of of writing. Yeah. Let's do an episode of that. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. Um, well, I was also, I wrote this in uh, the article I wrote as well, was that because of all the distractions today, you can't finish what you start and you also will never get into the flow state. And I said, that makes uh, Mihai check semi cry. He's the guy who wrote the book. Oh, what is it, the name? Mihai Check Semnihai. Oh, right. I read that book. That's like back in the 90s. Yeah, it's called Flow. And uh, uh, Yeah, that was, but I never knew how to pronounce that name. Yeah. Um, but you can't get into flow if you're not willing to be bored and not really bored, but in the art. Like you can't be sitting there working on your story and then there's a ding. You're never going to get in a flow state ever. No, but I think the way to look at that is ultimate commitment. Mm-hmm. Surrender. It's like when, you know, surrendering to a higher power by saying, I am going to, I mean, challenge yourself. for, And that's why I love timers, because there's an end. I'm going to set my timer for however long I can handle this and just or challenge myself for an hour or whatever. And I am going to, my phone is going to be off. I'm not going to have any notifications popping up or whatever I need to do. I'm going to go into my shed. And I'm, I commit to this story for X amount of time. And it really, that's what you have to do. Because you can't half-ass it. And if you are, you're just, it's not going to be any good. Right. And then you're going to be, oh, this sucks. Like, so you know, next time I won't do it. Like, I, I think I mentioned this before. When I was doing my uh, screenwriters workshop, I'd had quite a number of people telling me or sending me messages. Oh, I had this great idea for a screenplay. Can I tell you about it? And then you write it. I'm like, no, because I have my own ideas. Uh, why don't you write it? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to do it. And it's you know, like, okay, well, have you ever gotten this? I get this a lot. There's, I'm, I'll say parents, but it's normally moms who maybe they know you can draw a little bit. Mm-hmm. My child tells the most amazing stories. Would you mind? I'm thinking of doing a children's book of my child's stories. Could you draw it? (laughs) You know, how much you're going to pay me? Yeah, right. You know, like every, I I agree. Child's come up with some weird stuff, but every parent thinks their kids got this amazing mind that they're going to be able to sell these children's books to everybody because their kid came up with some wacky thing. But every kid does that. (laughs) And then, right. you know, and it's like, but they can't do it because they can't draw. And like, you know, have you seen some children's books? Like we had this one, it's something with the crayons or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, It looks like a child drew it and the kids don't mm-hmm. care. And that could be really charming. Yeah. You know what we should do is an episode that just talks about how story is king. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I don't care what medium that story is told in. If it's a good story. It's a good story and it will work, but you yeah. could have the best animation ever with an awful story and it won't work. That's true. That's very true. It's, and that, that, you know, you can tell a really beautiful story with a line drawing. Yeah. The commitment thing I think is key 
to the first and second rule. So here's my problem with the commitment thing, and I agree with you. One of the most important things is being committed to finishing what you start. But you, it's different. Like if I, if I commit to you, Regina, and I say I'm going to commit to make sure I show up tomorrow and we go, you know, work on something, I'm committing to you and I feel like this, and I don't know why this is, but I feel like when you're committing to another human, there feels like there's more pressure. And that might be the social pressure that you don't want to fail that person. But committing to yourself, there's no one who knows you're committing to except for you. And you can always talk yourself out of that commitment. So how do you commit to yourself and take it seriously without saying, well, I know I made this commitment, but I didn't know this was going to happen. And now that this happened, you know? Wow. I mean, you could you could say that about a lot of things. Like yeah. Like a diet or, you know, I, yes. I commit to stop smoking and, you know, but, you know, I really want a cigarette. So who's Well, smoking? that's, yeah. Smoking was a great one because I used to smoke like crazy. And it's, I remember. yeah, I quit and, but. I remember when I would quit and I'd be like, whatever. And then somebody would get me angry and I'd be Mm -hmm. like, well, God, I would have been able to succeed at this if this guy didn't do this to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. I've I've been there on so many, on so many levels like that. And uh, it's just hard. It's, it's part of the human condition that we don't like to, if we had our druthers, we would be sitting around just eating bonbons all day. But I think that, there is a sense of pride that comes from committing to something and seeing something through that we have to remember, like that's the payoff. If we can't enjoy the journey, we know that when we get to the finish line, we're going to feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. Try to remember that. Very hard. It is hard. And I guess it's just, it does, it does come down to learning how to discipline yourself. Yeah, I and agree. to get into the the pleasure of of that, and this, and even if it makes you feel superior <laughs> to someone else, I don't know whatever whatever you wherever you find your pleasure zone. But I think just knowing that, hey, I'm going to sit here and do this and commit to it and feel good about it at the end is is the key to the first two rules. Yeah, I love those stories where somebody says. Well, somebody said I couldn't do it, and that was my motivation to finish. I'm like, I don't have anybody ever telling me anything. So it's like. <laughs> no one's looking. Yeah. So it's like maybe if somebody was mean to me. Like, like if you had a coach, like, come on, James, finish yeah, that story. Yeah. A, a, what do they call it? A boot camp guy? Uh, drill instructor. Right. Yeah. Drill instructor. I always feel I like re- that. Like I if I, get, I don't respond to external. To that kind of thing? I, yeah, I don't know. I think if I had a drill instructor yelling at me, I'd be able to complete more stuff. Really? I'll do that. I'll yell at you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I think that holding yourself accountable, maybe that's where a reading group or, I mean, a writer's group can really help out. Like if you know, like there was a course, and I, I, I don't know if they still offer it. I was going to take it, but I, I just, I think it was too expensive. There was a, a, a writer, a screenwriting course at NYU where you had to complete, I think, 10 pages a week. Mm-hmm. And then share those pages with the other, and I think it was online too, or with the other students in the group. And that you know, you would do like a critique that can help you finish because you have this pressure. You paid for the class. You have people, a group there that's going to critique your work. That works that for is, me. I, I have to do my homework, kind of thing. Yeah, classes can 
can really motivate. And also like just an online group. Yep. But you have to also be careful. Sometimes those online groups can be the distraction that keeps you from committing to your writing. Yeah. Like, I can I, go on Facebook and look at all these groups that I joined that I never participate in and and scroll and spend like hours scrolling through posts yeah. that I've missed. I would caution against doing anything online just because you're you're in that that realm of distraction. Mm-hmm. And you're not like you would, I have a very strict thing about when it comes to social media that you should schedule that time when you want to go on social media and why are you there? Like have specific reasons. So if you are going to just say, I'm going to go on between five and six to this writer's group to participate in some discussions and then leave because otherwise you're going to go down rabbit holes and that's the problem with being online. Um, so have specific times and specific reasons why you're doing those type of things. But I do agree that in-person writers groups is a great option. And I am the type of person that if I'm a class in a class, I will be very productive and I will finish. All right. Well, I think that's a lot of information about finishing what you start. So I hope if you're listening, you're going to find that thing you've been talking about finishing and you're going to commit to finishing it. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some deep thinking about that and, and think about applying it this week. All right, and we'll be back. What is actually? Let's look it up. I want to see what rule number three is. Oh, this one's very interesting. It says you must refrain from rewriting, except to editorial demand. And what he, uh, I think what he's talking about is rewriting while you're doing your first draft. Well, that, this there's some discussion around this, so we'll. we'll yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Um, we'll talk about but it that's week. the rule for next week, and we'll see you then. Okay, great discussion. All right, bye. Bye. All our links are in the show notes, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Mm-hmm.